Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. America faces a choice. This is Battleground America. Here's Tara Servatius. Welcome to this week's edition of the Insane Things Podcast, where we count down the insane things that happened this week. Things so insane, we've never seen them before. Insane thing number five. It used to be that if something wasn't appropriate for children, your parents would just turn the TV off. Tell you you couldn't go see that movie. Or worse, last-ditch effort, cover your eyes. The problem is that the left is building a world so profane, you literally can't take your children out into it. You can't even take your kids shopping with you at Target. They're doing nothing less but create a world where there's nowhere to hide from their woke agenda and their sexualization, which, of course, is aimed right at kids. This was the week the month, really, that the public began to fight back. I'm convinced this is because of Twitter, because the whole satanic designer controversy at Target has trended endlessly on Twitter. These controversies aren't really new. We've had all kinds of trans stuff that's been pushed by corporations. Why all of a sudden now are we able to get traction when so many other brands have done this? I'm telling you, it's Twitter. For the first time, the conversation isn't censored, and it goes wild. Then the people who are on Twitter, who are allowed to see this stuff, tell all their family and friends, and what happens? This insane thing we've never seen before. Hey, get this, $9.3 billion market drop in Target's value since just May 17th. Bud Light, meanwhile, is struggling to give away It's beer. It retails for $19.98. And right now, Bud Light is giving away a $20 coupon. That's right. They're paying you two cents to drink their beer this Memorial Day weekend. And it's so important that people grasp why this is happening. Look, I've been on Twitter since 2011. I'm a Twitter fanatic. And I've never seen these kinds of topics allowed to trend like this. Endlessly, day after day. This is why all of a sudden... These boycotts are gaining traction. This must terrify the left. Speaking of terrifying the left, insane thing number four. Ron DeSantis entered the race side by side with Elon Musk. That didn't go so well. His launch on Twitter spaces of his campaign crashed for the first 27 minutes. Due, Elon Musk claimed, to overwhelming demand on the servers. 
Who'd have thought Elon Musk would mess this up? Or did he mess it up? The glitched out mess looked so bad for Musk that it got a ton of media coverage, which in turn got over 20 million views for Ron DeSantis on the recording and a fundraising call of over 8 million bucks, which shattered 24-hour records. But to me, the insane thing was seeing Musk side by side with DeSantis and what that meant. That Musk, who's gone all in for freedom of speech, would be an integral part of the DeSantis announcement, must terrify the FBI, the CIA, the State Department, the Democrat Party, the NAACP, all of those, Department of Homeland Security, all of those who use our social media outlets to censor. Folks, it feels like a shift is happening. It's ever so subtle, but it's happening. The Durham report, which showed us that the FBI, FBI lied to get the ability, yes, to frame Trump, but also made up and ran with the Russia hoax as a pretext to censor what turned out to be the Biden family's crimes. We weren't ever supposed to know about that. Never forget it. But the Durham report made it public. Sure, John Durham, who's a coward, didn't recommend charges, but the result was still devastating, as much as the mainstream media might want to pretend that none of it happened. In short, this evidence for the first time that none of us are conspiracy theorists, that the FBI well and truly committed felonies to frame Donald Trump as a Russian agent to create the hoax of Russian election interference, Russian collusion, is making people bold. Whistleblowers are coming out of the woodwork now, and those who were afraid are less afraid now. We got this stunning call this week from Jack Dorsey, former liberal lunatic owner of Twitter, calling for the destruction of the CIA, the FBI, and the NSA. Wait, you mean the agencies he censored tens of millions of posts on behalf of, took down thousands of accounts on behalf of those agencies? Yup. Here's what Jack Dorsey tweeted out at the agencies he formally censored you for. Quote, Splinter the CIA, NSA, and FBI into a thousand pieces and scatter them into the winds, said Dorsey on Twitter, echoing a quote from President John F. Kennedy, who famously called for the CIA to meet the same fate. He instead met a fate that many people still debate, a fate that's clear from this tweet that Dorsey duly noted. What is this? This is a guy, whatever you think of his politics, who's no longer afraid of these agencies, who's watched Musk stare them down, who maybe wants to rehabilitate his reputation after what he did on their behalf was made public. Slowly but surely, the release of the Durham report is making people braver. Look, Chuck Dorsey sounds, I mean, shatter, splinter the FBI, the CIA, scatter it to the winds, the NSA. Folks, six months ago, only like the Gateway Pundit and Darren Beatty over at Revolver, wild-eyed conservative activists were saying things like that. And then it was only Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene. Now it's pointy-bearded liberals like Jack Torsey and the Federalist who said it too. In fact, the idea of deconstituting, getting rid of, defunding, whatever you want to do, these agencies is going mainstream and it's happening quickly. Like take this article in The Federalist, for instance. Headline, 
The FBI knows what car was used in the J6 DNC pipe bomb, but refuses to identify prime suspect. In it, the Federalist, which is very moderate, country, clubber, GOP publication, openly questions whether January 6th was a, quote, hoax, unquote, on par with what? The Durham report, the Russia collusion. It's now become a legitimate question. Such a legitimate question, in fact, that the Federalist actually reported that members of Congress wrote a letter to the FBI demanding to get a hold of their investigatory notes and records around January 6th. Why? Because a whistleblower, yet another whistleblower, they're cropping up like weeds now, went to the Washington Times and said, look, the FBI has literally the license plate for the guy who left the pipe bombs at the RNC and DNC, yet refuses to investigate. That's pretty incredible. On top of last week's FBI whistleblower, there are so many now, I'm having trouble keeping them all straight as they get courage to come forward. But last week's FBI whistleblower said, hey, look, I I worked in the Baltimore office and the FBI, remember, wanted me to open cases against these January 6th protesters. And I said, sure, send the tape, send it over to our office. And the FBI refused He said, because there were FBI agents and assets on the tape. In other words, inside the Capitol. That they were so afraid the imagery would get out, they wouldn't even share it among FBI agents. Fucks. What is going on here? Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Given where we were at the beginning of this, just to be able to ask these questions is huge. It means the FBI and the DOJ are slowly losing what little credibility they had left. That leaves them vulnerable. They will panic. They will attack. And, oh, that gets us, by the way, to Ains' insane thing number three. We're getting closer, folks, to watching the, sh- the final showdown between the deep state and Donald Trump. Two publications this week, the UK Daily Mail and the Wall Street Journal, both acknowledging that Trump will be indicted before September on federal charges. It's all but certain. This, in turn, will set off the final confrontation for power in the contest to determine who rules D.C., Congress or the FBI, the DOJ, the deep state. If the FBI and the DOJ and the deep state can run the gauntlet, that is, put President Trump in prison for the rest of his life. And that's what these four separate criminal cases are going to be about. If they can succeed in that, continue with their censorship efforts in this election, which you know they'll be doing, and get a Democrat back in the White House. They went. And an atmosphere of fear, a pall of terror, really, will fall over D.C. They will have run the gauntlet of censorship, framing a president, and putting their enemies in prison. 
they believe no one will oppose them again. And if it works, they will demonstrate absolute iron-fisted control over our elections, who get to be our candidates, and who is ultimately on the ballot, along with what's allowed to be said in the debates around the elections, which at this point you can go ahead and expect is going to be censored by the FBI personally on 14 out of 15 platforms, including Google. But it's not a foregone conclusion. As I record this, Fox News is literally breaking the news that more, even more whistleblowers are coming forward. We had a jaw-dropping announcement from a whistleblower this week that the IRS was retaliating against people who were on Hunter Biden's criminal investigation team. Not for going public. They hadn't done that yet. Just for bringing the cover-up to their higher-ups' attention. That's insane thing number three. Because after that broke, and the story was that the IRS whistleblower had been threatened with criminal charges, i.e. trumped up fake criminal charges in retaliation. That was insane thing number three. Insane thing number two happened. The head of the IRS came out and said, no, 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 I wasn't the one who was threatening them with charges. No, that wasn't the IRS. That was the Department of Injustice. Don't look at me. Look at them. They're the ones who threaten people for doing their jobs where the Bidens are concerned with charges. We all know what criminal charges mean. Trumped up criminal charges. We'll put you in prison for the rest of your life if you don't shut up. This is how Washington operates now. We're on the razor's edge, folks. Which leads us to insane thing number one. Republicans in Congress know, thanks to whistleblowers, that the FBI has extensive evidence of Joe Biden's crimes. The fact that he received $5 million in a bribery scheme in exchange for public policy decisions that benefited the briber at the expense of Americans. We even know what document it is. We have the number for it. It's been subpoenaed from the FBI who turned around and gaffed off Republicans. What was remarkable this week was that James Comer, one of those Republicans in Congress, and he's a good guy, actually admitted on Jesse Waters that the reason they can't get the FBI to turn this stuff over is because Republicans in Congress keep protecting the FBI, most specifically Senate Republicans. I'll tell you who that is, Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham. But we learned another thing this week about why the FBI gets away with it. This shocking article from 2018 in The Federalist, written by, of all people, Fox News commentator Molly Hemingway. Here's the headline. It's from 2018. Trey Gowdy didn't even see documents he claims exonerate FBI on Spygate. Wow, that didn't age well. At the time, Molly Hemingway had caught Trey Gowdy in a lie. If you'll remember, Gowdy, like Graham, was part of protecting the FBI so they could frame Trump. We didn't know it at the time, but the two of them were going endlessly on Fox News and other channels, all but threatening Trump, that Trump had to leave Comey in place. He had to leave Mueller in place. You could trust the FBI. Then in 2018, Trey Gowdy made a mistake. He went on TV claiming he'd seen documents exonerating the FBI on Spygate. Well, Molly Hemingway and the Federalists followed up on that because they learned that those documents actually weren't present in the tranche of documents that Gowdy claimed to have seen. They were supposed to be, but the FBI never turned them over. We now know why. They don't exist. 
And we know that beyond a shadow of a doubt because of Durham's report. There couldn't have been documents exonerating the FBI, as Trey Gowdy claimed at the time when he was challenging Trump and saying, hey, listen, don't you dare fire these people. Don't you dare shut down these investigations into you. They couldn't have existed at the time. The FBI was supposed to turn them over as part of the subpoena, but they didn't. They turned over other documents. Gowdy apparently didn't know it because he didn't bother to go read any of them. He just made the whole thing up and went on Fox News. So in light of the Durham report, where we now know uh, that there was nothing but evidence that the FBI made this whole thing up in cahoots with Hillary, there's no way Trey Gowdy could have seen those documents. So this article, let me read you the headline again. You should go read it. Trey Gowdy didn't even see documents. He claims exonerate FBI on Spygate. That is impossible. And that article, sure didn't age well. But it shows you the level of duplicity and protection it takes from corrupt Republicans in order to keep the FBI schemes going. That is actually a good thing. Because if we could strip that away through the kind of public pressure um, that even Jack Dorsey is now succumbing to, the FBI would be exposed. And we can finally take this corrupt agency out. The future of the republic depends on it. Battleground America with Tara Servatius. Please subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Share with friends, family, and other free thinkers. Thanks for listening. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 